Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Catch Up Sports Podcast. I hope you're all having a fantastic day. I'm your host, Moses, and welcome to the eighth ever episode of this podcast. And I'd like to start the podcast with this. Um, Last week's episode, we broke over 150 views on YouTube, and I'm so happy and grateful. Amazing. Beyond my expectations so early. And it it really means a lot to me. So cheers to many more podcast viewers. Let's grow this community. And if you didn't know, this podcast is available also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. So you can listen to this podcast on your favorite platform, on your platform of choice. So what's ahead of us today? It's going to be a all NFL podcast. You probably saw from the title. I'm going to be reacting to week two. And also previewing week three matchups. And of course, my favorite segment of the week, my week three game picks. So let's jump right into it. So week two of the NFL is in the books. One of the more exciting but injury-riddled weeks of football in recent memory. Um, I have picked a handful of games to react to. So get your popcorn ready. Let's start with the Sunday night football matchup, the game of the season so far, Patriots versus Seahawks. A rematch of Super Bowl 49. Many people thought, including me, that Seattle will dominate this game because the fact that the Patriots don't have any elite receiving threats aside of Julian Edelman. But Cam Newton and the Patriots offense ran the power-running offense to perfection and were competitive the entire game. Of course, Russell Wilson had a great game, nothing new, and had his team leading 35-30 to with under two minutes to go in the game. But Cam Newton ran a phenomenal two-minute drive, leading his team down to the one-yard line of the Seahawks with a chance to win the game with a go-ahead touchdown with three seconds remaining in the game. And there's some irony here. In Super Bowl 49, as you know, the Seahawks were down by 4, 28-24. And they were on the Patriots' one-yard line with less than 20 seconds to go in the game. And as we all remember, the Seahawks elected to pass the ball instead of running it with Marshawn Lynch. And the pass got intercepted by Malcolm Butler, and the rest is history. Last Sunday night, with three seconds left in the game... The Patriots tried to power run the ball with Cam Newton to try to stuff it into the end zone and win the game. But unfortunately for the Patriots, they were stopped by the Seattle defense and the Seattle Seahawks won the game. In this masterpiece of a game that went back and forth the whole time, we learned that the Patriots with Cam Newton are legit. I saw a stat yesterday. Cam Newton had 444 yards out of the 464 offensive yards of the Patriots last game. Unbelievable. And Cam Newton, we learned from him that he's a legit quarterback in this league. Even though he had many injuries throughout the last two years, he's a top 15-ish quarterback for now. Maybe even better. And regarding the Seahawks, you can call this a bittersweet revenge. Am I right? Let's move on to the second game. It's Tom Brady's first win in Florida. 
Panthers versus Bucks. So after a bad showing in New Orleans, Tom Brady and the Bucks bounce back against a weak Panthers team at home. Brady was okay throwing for 217 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And it looks like Tom Brady and star wide receiver Mike Evans are on the same page. Evans had seven catches for 104 yards and a touchdown. And comparing his performance to last week's performance, it's a step in the right direction. But what most people aren't noticing, and in my opinion is the most important thing about the Buccaneers right now, is running back Leonard Fournette looks great. He sealed the game late with a 46-yard touchdown run. The point is that the Bucks now with Leonard Fournette can run the ball effectively. And when we look back at Brady's Super Bowl runs and wins, his team, the Patriots, always had the ability to run the ball. So it'll be really interesting to see how this will transpire. Maybe this run game will help Brady get his seventh ring. The third game I'd like to talk about is one of the biggest chokes in recent memory. Cowboys versus Falcons, if you didn't guess. So the Cowboys had an abysmal start to this game. Turned the ball over, trailed 20-0 in the first quarter, and then 29-10 at half. But the Falcons somehow blew a 15-point lead in less than 5 minutes in the game. Also botching an onside kick in the worst way possible. The entire special teams unit didn't know how to recover onside kicks. They didn't, they didn't know the rules of onside kicks. That's on the coaching staff. Was this game a thriller? Hell yeah. Are these teams elite in my opinion? Not really. The Cowboys with this amount of talent they have on their team shouldn't be in such a close game versus the Falcons and the Cowboys did deserve to lose. The NFC East this season is a dumpster fire and sadly at least one of these teams will make it to the playoffs this year. It's a phony spot. Regarding the Falcons, to illustrate how big of a choke this was, here's this stat. According to ESPN stats, since 1993, 440 teams had scored 39 plus points in a game without turning the ball over, entering week two. Unsurprisingly, the record of those games were 440 to zero. The Falcons' loss ruined a 440-game long streak, and now the record is 440 to one. Let that sink in for a second. The fourth and final game I'd like to talk about in depth is Monday Night Football's game, the Saints at the Las Vegas Raiders. And after I watch that game, there's one big question I have. Are the Raiders better than we thought or the Saints are worse than we thought? And here's my answer. When I previewed the Saints before this season, I had doubt in Drew Brees if he can play at a high level at an advancing age of 41. And I also doubted the entire team's motivation after three bad playoff defeats. As of week two, this is coming to fruition. The Saints offense is limited. 
to a maximum 15 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Breeze doesn't take deep shots at his advanced point of his career. The Saints' defense is average like last year. It won't win you games, but it won't lose you games. For the last couple years, the Saints were successful because Drew Brees and the Saints offense were among the best in the league. Now that Drew Brees and his offense is limited, the Saints aren't as good as many thought. Don't get me wrong. They are not a bottom feeder. They are not a bottom feeder. But they're not a Super Bowl contender. They're like 3.6 Rondgen from the Chernobyl series. Not great, not terrible. Regarding the Raiders, it's a nice win, an impressive win. But the AFC, in my opinion, is stacked. I don't see them making the playoffs this year. Maybe next season, if they improve significantly. Now, before I shift to my game picks, here's my final thoughts on week two of the 2020 NFL season. Number one, the Vikings look terrible. A rebuilding defense with an offense with only slot receivers. It's a plan that would eventually end in failure. Two, Gardner Minshew is the real deal. Many thought this is a tanking team. So did I. But Gardner Minshew is leading a team of mostly unproven or average players to be very competitive. I think the Jaguars aren't interested in Trevor Lawrence anymore. And three, promising rookie quarterbacks. As of week two, this quarterback draft class, at least the first round, has some promise. I'm very excited to see how Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow will play in the coming weeks, because until now, they were very impressive. And to next week, I hope next week we'll have less injuries and will be even more entertaining. Now, let's move on to my game picks. Welcome to my favorite weekly segment, my weekly NFL game picks, where I'll be predicting the winner of each week three matchup. The Dolphins and Jags are about to start in three hours, I think. And my prediction is at my Twitter. Link is in the description. Also, my DMs are open. So you can just send me a DM. We can talk about anything. But back to football. Now I'm currently 23-9 after a great week two, going 13-3 with my picks. So let's jump right into it. 49ers, Giants. Even though the 49ers suffered a plentiful of significant injuries, Nick Bosa, Theron Armstead, Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, and more, I still think they have enough in the tank to beat the Giants. Washington versus Browns. I think the Browns found their identity last Thursday night, running the ball and using play action. And they'll beat Washington Sunday. Bengals versus Eagles. I know the trend is right now to trash the Eagles as much as possible. But they're the home team. And I think they'll bounce back against their Bengals. 
Raiders-Patriots. The Raiders were impressive Monday night, but Cam Newton and the Patriots were even more impressive in my opinion, and they're the real deal. And also the game is in Foxborough, so I'm picking the Patriots. Bears-Falcons. To me, it's a 50-50, and when it's a 50-50 pick, I pick the home team. Just to preview this game, Mitch Trubisky looked bad in the second half versus the Giants, and the Falcons blew a big lead and might have a, a very low morale right now. But the Falcons are the home team, so I'm taking the Falcons. Rams-Bills. A great matchup. A, and it's, to me, another 50-50 pick because both teams look great in the first two weeks. And the Bills are the home team, so I'll take, I'll take the Bills in this one. Texans-Sealers. The Texans were underwhelming the last two weeks, but they faced the two best teams in the league in the Ravens and the Chiefs. The Steelers almost lost to the Broncos' backups last week. I'm picking the Texans. Titans-Vikings. The Vikings look terrible, as I said before. Until they figure it out, I'm picking against them. I'm picking the Titans. Panthers-Chargers. Justin Herbert looked great last week. And I think Herbert will get his first career win against a bad Panthers defense. Jets versus Colts. The Jets are by far the worst team in the league. So I'm picking the Colts. Cowboys versus Seahawks. The Seahawks are far better coached, in my opinion, than the Cowboys. And to me, that's the deciding factor. So I'm picking the Seahawks. Lions-Cardinals. The Cardinals are better than I thought. Way better than I thought. They'll go to 3-0 over the Lions. Bucks-Broncos. The Broncos lost their starting quarterback, their best receiver last week. So to me, it's an easy pick. I'm picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, before I talk about the primetime games, I just got to say that we have great primetime games this week. True classics. And I'll start with Sunday Night Football. Packers at Saints. Breeze versus Rodgers. A classic. Michael Thomas is probably not playing. He missed practice all week. The Saints offense looked flat on Monday. And Aaron Rodgers looks the best he's been in years. I'm going to pick the Packers even though the game is played in New Orleans. Now the game of the year. Monday Night Football. Chiefs at Ravens. The two best teams in the league face off. As a diehard Chiefs fan, I am concerned about this matchup. Lamar looks great. The Ravens defense looks great. They're just a great team all around. But as a Chiefs fan, I just can't bring myself to pick against my favorite team. It's against my ideology. So even though the odds are against my team, the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm still picking the Chiefs in this one. Also, I'd like to know, what are your predictions? Do you have any bold predictions for this week? Shoot me a DM or type in the comments below and on YouTube. I'd love to know and talk about it. This is the end of the episode. Hope you all enjoyed this episode as I enjoyed recording it and writing it. If you know anyone 
who's an American sports fan. Spread the word about this podcast. I'm so grateful of this community and it would be amazing to see it grow. Um, also follow the podcast Twitter and Instagram page. Link is in the description. Again, my DMs are open so we can talk about anything you want. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next time.